What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show. Uh, I'm going to turn my, my, my ceiling fan on because this episode is about to be hot. Uh, and I'm just getting ahead. I'm, dang it, my ceiling fan's not working. <laughs> oh, no. This is a this weekly podcast. Catch on fire. <laughs> this is a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm one of your hosts today, Alex Van Aken, and I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? Hey, be honest. Did you just do that so you could show off that you have a remote-controlled ceiling fan like your Hey Arnold? I didn't, um, but now that you bring that up, I should do it more often because I guess, yeah, it is. It is impressive, isn't it? Well, if it... If it works, it's impressive. <laughs> so yeah, well yeah, it doesn't work on the third setting. Ever since my mom came to visit, my fan does not play on the highest setting. So I don't know what she did to it because um, she stayed in this room. But now it's not working at all. So okay. which button makes the couch come out the wall? Oh, uh, this one right here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Marcus? Doing good. Uh, yeah. You know, still in that uh, new year, new Mimo. The year hasn't worn me down yet. Still. Nothing, yeah. Nothing's gone wrong, right? 2024 off to a of course, yeah. squeaky clean start. Yeah, only what? 2,000 layoffs? 3,000. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 3,000 layoffs in the in the games industry. Uh, but apart from that, things are great, you know? <laughs> um, personally speaking, you know, got, got a new weight set. Ooh, got, yeah. got some resistant bands. Been oh. doing that. Did you get you know? like Dragon Ball, like Piccolo weighted armor? Like, is that jacket mm-hmm. weighted right now? So you're always training? Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So and like, I'm going to I'm gonna take it off, and there's going to be, like, piles of dust that shoot up from, right. like, the weight hitting the floors. You and know? you're going you're gonna to be able to move really fast. Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. the plan. Nice. Um, Marcus, um, your camera's uh, bugging out again. Um, so how about you uh, leave the call real quick, come back, and while you do that, I'll introduce Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? Good. I, I'm sad Marcus had to leave for a moment because I was gonna like pitch him the plan of like I grab mm. you from behind and then he shoots you from the front and I sacrifice mm. myself in order to defeat you after you remove your weighted clothing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Heard, yeah. What? Who's got sacrificed? What? Uh, I'm gonna sacrifice myself so that you can kill Alex Dragon Ball uh, style. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So go ahead and, and put your you... hand to your forehead. Get that going. Oh, right. You got to right, charge right, right, up right. for a while. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> you remember what it's called? Instant transmission? No, no, no. no. He's talking about the special beam cannon. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about instant transmission. That, it's when the I same saw that for the... sign, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. When I saw that for the first that. time, I was like, oh my God. But, by by be... the way, the Dragon Ball power I think I would take even over flight would be instant transmission. I, I mean, yeah. You know how much money you would save? <laughs> yeah. And time? Yeah, that... There's no bad way to use that. Yeah. And like speaking of transmissions, cutting down your carbon footprint, you know? Exactly. If you go instant transmission away. Although you would have to learn how to sense energy, right? Because isn't it you have to lock on to someone to go to where they are? That comes with just the choice to learn it, right? If you get to pick a Dragon Ball power, that's like, that's part of it. That's included. Oh, like you just, oh, okay. It's like a package. Gotcha. Yeah. Also, I'm an empath naturally. It's like so a firmware update. I can just, I can <laughs> just sense something. Someone wrong. is sad somewhere. <laughs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of options. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, rounding this out this week, Wesley LeBlanc. How you doing, Wes? I'm good. Uh, to add to the Dragon Ball Z discourse, 
if I had to sum up 2024, it's that scene where Chao Tzu tries to uh, sacrifice himself and take out the uh, <laughs> Vegeta and the uh, little dudes. And, and Nappa, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just dies. It doesn't do anything. Is that? Yeah, I mean, the nice yeah. thing about Dragon Ball is that always works and is a perfect plan that is always <laughs> yeah. successful. Is that like I was the most... happy when Chao Tzu sacrificed himself. <laughs> I mean, I was like, is that the most like unintentionally hilarious moment in all of Dragon Ball is Chao Tzu's? Other than like the famous Yamcha, like yeah, Yamcha is probably the meme one, probably. Yeah, but you expected that. Like the moment he's like, "I'll fight him," you're like, "Oh, this isn't, this isn't gonna go your way, buddy." (laughs) But like Chaozu, they built it up. You're like, "Is this gonna work?" And then it just does nothing. (laughs) You guys also start with Z, and so when he showed up, when Chaozu showed up, I was like, "What is that?" And then he like killed himself, and I was like, "Who is this guy? What happened?" Just shows up, dies, gone for. I know. Like, am I, should I be sad? I don't. Yeah. I have no idea and what this thing is. And then he doesn't matter anymore for the rest. Like, literally, his peak is like the first like few episodes of the show, and then after that, he's useless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, chat. So good. Yeah, glad to uh, you signed into our Dragon Ball Z podcast, everyone. Yep. Yep. Uh, an extension of Wes's DBZ yeah, podcast, Dragon Ball Speak. Uh, now currently dormant, but it's going to come back eventually. Wait, is that? Wait, you had a Dragon Ball podcast? Yeah, we, yep. uh, me and my best friend, he is, he loves Dragon Ball Z and I'd never seen it. So we watched three episodes a week and we would like discuss it. It's called Dragon Ball Speak. Uh, we finished Dragon Ball Z last year um, and we're just waiting to get oh. into Super. But he recently had twins. Oh, nice. So his life is a little busy. And uh, No, no, those they you just watch Dragon Ball with them. They're fine. They're <laughs> yeah. I mean, love Dragon Ball. They're like eight or nine months old now. So I think the time like a Dragon Ball, the original is a kid's show. So they could start, I don't know, a couple months, right? Yeah. It's arguably more adult than Z. Yeah. It's It's one of those like 80s kids shows. Just a little different. I I remember watching with my daughter and being like, oh, yeah, there's a little surprising amount of nudity yeah yeah that was for kids back when kids smoked cigarettes that's right the cool kids kicking chi chi's crotch (laughs) yes great show Mm. great family entertainment yeah 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 Yeah. unproblematic roshi well speaking of great family entertainment i've been playing pal world that new pokemon with guns and axes wait 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 uh, survival game yeah this is a real game you're saying this is a real game. I've played it for 20 minutes because I installed it today and I started playing before the podcast started. I just wanted to be able to confirm this is a real game that has a, a real gameplay loop. Is it out? It's in early access oh. this week. It's oh, shit. It, what yeah. comes, it comes out Friday. It comes out. So I guess yeah, tomorrow yeah, yeah. when you listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, embargo. According to the email I got, embargo's up and uh, I can talk about it and say it's real. Oh, wait. You can play that game. Real quick before we start, Alex, before we start our episode, we should call out that at the time of recording, we have not watched the Xbox showcase. So if it feels like we're ignoring huge announcements to focus on (laughs) Pal World, which I am genuinely very excited to hear about. Yes. That's why. I just (laughs) before we got too far into the podcast. We have no idea what happens. Yeah. Indiana Jones, wow. Whoa. When he when he threw that that lasso, I was like Whoa! Yeah. I, I was they... also surprised at the dr- original Dragon Ball series level of nudity it had. I was just like, for Indiana, and there Jones. was a baby smoking a cigarette in that trailer too. Which <laughs> I wasn't. 
expecting. I was more surprised they actually got Harrison Ford up there and he tolerated talking about a video game for three minutes. Yeah. And he said, no, you're awesome. Like, yeah, I guess uh, you could play uh, Indiana Jones. That's my, that's my, that's my current day Harrison Ford. If that really happens. Oh my God. That man has made Anyways, a career. Out go of, watch shrinking. He, he has been a career of, of being fun to watch be in a place he doesn't want to be like that's why you watch harrison ford it's like he doesn't want to be here and i love it <laughs> so yeah be- yeah <laughs> how many airplanes can we crash in india <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah I bet, I bet we'll see well we know we're gonna see indiana jones i'm guessing we'll see avowed by well no we will they said they yeah. said okay yeah they said well that- i was looking at that the image earlier i was looking at the image earlier and it looked like a grounded thumbnail like on above of where obsidian's name was they might just be putting it there because they want to save whatever they're showing off. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Why Avowed. Yeah. Avowed, uh, Hellblade, uh, yeah. Aura, History Untold, that kind of civilization-esque mm. game. And yeah. was that it? It was just those four, uh, right? The Elder Scrolls thing. Like last year, they're revealing oh, Elder right. Scrolls Online and then jumping over to like a another showcase, but just for Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like right after that ends. They're like, hey, stick around. Elder Scrolls Online. You like it? <laughs> you got it. We Harrison insist Ford's here. people are playing this too. game. <laughs> yeah. You haven't met any uh, of them, but they're playing Elder Scrolls Online. We probably yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing Power World uh, for literally 20 minutes. I just wanted to boot it up and see what the first few minutes are like. How many Pokemon have you shot? Uh, I have hit one Pokemon with an axe and then <laughs> oh captured him when he was low. <laughs> Uh, and then now he's now he's my little guy. Okay, um, what's his name? And I'm about to send him out on missions. I didn't even figure out where to see his name or how to change it yet. But Wait, you threw a, but you he's threw cute. An axe he's out. a chicken. It's a chicken. Maybe it's Chickledee. Maybe that's what it is. Chickadee. Chickadee. That's the name of the of what I caught. Are, are we talking like a Metal Gear Peace Walker portable op situation here, where you collect soldiers and send them out on missions? Is that is does that is Power World have kind of that going in the background? Uh, from what I know, like you can send them to like gather resources for you and that kind of thing. I'm not like, sure. There's a whole like si- that's the thing with this game, right? And the reason we joked around about like is this real because it's not just Pokemon, like a Pokemon style game. Like it's like an yeah. open world survival game. Like they build it as a survival game. You have hunger. Like I have to keep up my hunger and my oh. keep an eye on my temperature. Uh, it's like a crafting game. Like you are building, you start out. So you start the game out. You're on this little beginner plateau. Um, and there's just like a very simple tutorial on the top right of your screen. No story or anything. It just puts you in the world. You're naked after you make a character. Not not fully naked. Uh, it's not Dragon Ball. And you go and, and it kind of runs you through like, here's how you make your workbench. Here's how, oh, in order to craft, you know, their version of Pokeballs, you have to go and find this special ore and and collect it and then combine that with stone and wood uh that you can collect on the ground and stuff and now you can make these these orbs that contain the pals yeah which is the name of the pokemon are we talking single player here or multiplayer or both 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 Both? it could be both i i made my server multiplayer so up until i invite other people to play with me it's single player but yeah it's it's co-op we can work on a server together um and you know right now my like the first things I built were like a pickaxe, a torch, so that when it when I can I can like see in dark places, obviously. Um, and then I'm working on it's got like technology trees, like like typical uh, survival games, crafting games. 
um, where like I can choose what I am researching. Um, and then that's how I unlock new, new, new builds. Does it, does it feel okay to walk around or does it does? It... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It feels like a real game. Like smooth. It's like been very smooth so far. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe it's unfair. And Marcus, maybe you can speak to this more because you actually had a chat with them at one point, right? You wrote a feature about Power World right. a couple months ago. Like, maybe it's unfair that we, from the beginning, we've been like, this thing isn't real. You know, yeah, like, I, yeah. I mean, and even they, they I don't know. Like, <laughs> does that help it with expectations? Maybe? I don't know. I mean, even they had the same reaction when I, one of the questions I asked them was like, well, how do you feel about people saying your game isn't real? <laughs> and they were, they, he seemed, uh, cause I, I interviewed the, the, the founder, the head of the studio, and he just seemed very perplexed by that he's just like i don't know understand why people think it's a fake game but like without any of the like it's like yeah i get why you would think that but you also see the other side like why people might think that right like it's not like oh i understand he just seemed like why would why would you ever consider this wasn't real (laughs) there was no like uh i guess self-awareness about like how incredibly ambitious that pitch is and the fact that they they have a game that like they've launched a couple of games but they've or they've launched one game which is like sort of like a slate aspire s sort of thing and then they have another big game that more or less inspired power world called craftopia which is like a big open world crafting game that is still in early access and has been for like three years uh so people were like right, i mean that other game you're working on you're still not done with it and you're making this and it's kind of the same thing but with pokemon and bigger so like can you do a bigger one of these without finishing the smaller one of these that you're still working on? You know what I mean? Uh, mm. But, and I mean, who knows how long this will be in early access, honestly, you know, with yeah. that track record. But I, I mean, that's where a lot of that skepticism comes from. And, but yeah, it was interesting getting their take where they just seem completely just like, just like, a, like what universe is there that this would not come out? What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. their, it's their life, right? It's their job. They're working on it full time you know yeah. it's like it's like when you or when any of us see a comment or something on twitter or you know anywhere that's like oh game informer still publishes a magazine huh it's like yeah yeah guys yeah. that's what we're working on all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a good point it's in the name yeah but uh i i'm very eager like as soon as we're done with this podcast like i just want to go back and, and start that like I, I will say very very early first impressions it's very pretty um Oh, good. And the monster designs are like really, I would say at a high level. Um, in terms of fidelity. In terms of character design, interesting character design and fidelity. Yeah. Because there were some of them that in this game has gotten some heat where some of the designs maybe look a little too close to some Pokemon. You're like, isn't that basically. Is that a Mareep? Yeah. Like that or kind like of thing. Or like the green one that looks like the plant one. This is me showing my modern day Pokemon knowledge. You know, the green plant one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Torterra. Is there one that kind of looks like that? I don't know. Yeah, there's one that looks like the the the. I'm not gonna try to guess the Pokemon names. That's so fine. That's yeah. fine. But there, um, it has gotten that where they're like, is there something fraudulent here potentially? Uh, uh, obviously I think they not. Just, like wear like, their inspiration on their sleeve. I, I think they just go as close, like to they bump line. up against that line as they could without going over it. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But I mean, as a fan of Pokemon. It is nice to see characters uh, look good. of that uh, look good. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, honestly, like and and you know, I love Pokemon. Like I've got a pile of Pokemon cards literally like right next to me. Like I, I love them, um, but you know, Scarlet and Violet ran horribly, 
and that was at like a fidelity that was not great um like very mushy textures and just like you know and not good uh and then to see a game like this come out in early access and have very strong so far and granted they're probably going to put like their their mascot level characters early in the game so that people see them and remember them who knows how it looks you know 20 hours in if, if it maintains that that identity but to see them in like this really nicely uh lit um environment with like you know the sculpting on the models is really neat and like it just like this really nice polished uh sculpted look to it i will say it has that going for it um and it gets a lot of points for that from me um the water shaders i love a good water shader um, <laughs> you're always saying got that really yeah. good stylized water shader um on the waterfalls i i yeah it just uh it, it looks really good um good. i'm looking at the um the like pc games in has a list of all 100 pals that i guess are available in early access i don't want to know all of them but you can tell okay. me a couple i'm just looking at them because i'm trying to figure out like which one of these has the potential to be their pikachu like what who's going to nah. be the breakout pal of these yeah. ones i feel like maybe because i've seen this one a lot in the marketing over the years but there's one called and you've probably seen it too alex the kind of green f- grass fox squirrel looking one lip 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 monk i'm gonna look it, it up it kind of looks like a squirrel but like a grass type it's got like a squirrel Lithmonk. tail oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've seen yeah, that because i've seen he's probably i've probably seen that one the most it's like maybe that'll be the the unofficial mascot of pal world I forgot about like the giant yellow rabbit guy with the gu- minigun. Oh, the one that looks like Electabuzz, kind of? Yeah, like with Electabuzz. It's just such meets... a, a fun phrase to add to a Pokemon style game. <laughs> that That is the part, like I, I am, that is the part like playing it like uh, when I was like capturing the Pokemon, like hitting it with an axe just feel, a uh, pal, I'm sorry, not a Pokemon. Hitting it with an right. axe just felt wrong. Uh, and like, I didn't like that part of it. Well, how's mm. the, again, you've only played 20 minutes, so, you know, but yeah. have you shot a gun? And if you have, how does the shooting feel? I have not shot a gun. I've punched and I've swung an ax. Okay. And that feels all right. Are the only enemies pals? Like, are you hitting other players or people? There are bad <laughs> so guys from what they told shoot. me in my interview. Like the, again, I was dumped into the like beginner area, probably no enemies, like really just kind of getting my grasp. I've seen like four or five different pals walking around. And I didn't want to hit them because I didn't have a use for them yet. And I didn't want to. <laughs> and you only be, hit people when you violate something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what, that's how I, I was taught, you know, as a kid, only if you use somebody, you can hit them, you know, like, no, I, I just didn't want to be needlessly violent. And, uh, yeah, I, I just feel, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to reconcile that because in Pokemon, it's like, well, like this is all fantasy and like, we're, you know, they're shooting a little fire blast at each other, but they're going to get healed. And they, they do get healed in Power World, but it's like, yeah, after I took an axe to them, you know what I mean? Or a, a gun. Like, I shot them <laughs> with a pistol. Like, that's different than, like, oh, sh- use Razor, razor Leaf. Yeah, and, and these, aren't, up, you know, these yeah. aren't, like, cartoony-looking guns. Like, like, no, that's just a straight-up, like, Glock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, these are realistic guns, which, I mean, one of the reasons I've been fascinated by this game is that the game is, like, it, it has like a very sort of like dark undertone to it, like almost like a dark humor because you can you can be complete like dicks to the pals in a way in a way that you can't be in Pokemon. Like because you mentioned before, like there's like base building and like 
uh, crafting and stuff where you can make factories and basically use your pals as like slave labor <laughs> where you can just have them in these like little sweatshops. Like you've seen it in the trailers where you see the cute like pals all sad and they're just on this assembly line assembling like machine guns for you and they look miserable. Yeah. But like you can absolutely do that if you choose to treat them that way. If you're just like, nope, I'm just big business man no emotions i'm just trying i'm just about the bottom line so yeah and i wonder like to me like it was the absurdity that was like that made that funny yeah i don't know how that's gonna play when i'm like 20 hours into the game like all right well here's my assembly line of you know these pals and they're all miserable like i i think or i wonder if like if you can do that but like maybe you can make you can treat them like like proper workers and make them happy to be there give them a salary yeah feed them or something yeah. like whether they're cool with it i think like as like look like i feel like you can make this game this design as a game work without the violence without the guns like you could very easily make it okay instead of like damaging a pal uh to capture it uh you need to find out you need to research it find out what it likes and make it food right because like that plays into the crafting loop of the game as well and like that's how you capture it and the reason that i'm having them work is so that we can you know, uh, an easy way to like go about that is like uh, they're working in my factory because uh, I gave them a home. They're happy and they want to expand, uh, you know, and, and help other pals. And so they're they're volunteering after I gave them food and stuff like uh, And maybe that's just me being mean, like, I don't know, too much of a pacifist, but a, a good person. Would we be, <laughs> yeah. Like, would we be <laughs> talking like, about we, we could have done not for the guns, though? Like, that's. I feel like that's what I feel like we would have though. Yeah. I feel like we could have because we haven't seen a creature collector where Cassette they beasts. are a city builder. Okay, is that? I was I was just trying I mean. to call out a recent like Pokemon sort of style game that like just didn't really blow up the universe or anything, you know? Yeah, but I think if you see like, oh, it's a crafting game, you're building bases, and the the creatures are that you collect are helping you. Like I think that's unique on its own. Yeah, sure. without yeah, yeah. having the minigun. But in but terms of vi- getting your attention. And, oh, yeah, it was viral. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what everyone called this game was like, you didn't remember the name, but you're like, oh, the Pokemon game with guns. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious about it. it. It certainly has the potential to be one of those games that young players find and kind of, exp- you know what I mean? And like gravitate towards and it becomes this yeah. like really successful niche game. I, c- I could see it being one of those. And I just like pulled up the most recent trailers we're chatting about it. And I was like, yeah, man, this game does look sharp. Like it looks good, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. is impressive. And, and so far I'm running it on a, I think I've got a 3080 in this PC. And yeah, it runs very smoothly. Um, like it looks like the trailers. The trailers aren't some, you know, in-engine camera that like, you know, isn't, isn't, you know, accurate. It, yeah. it runs well. So that's good. That's my, that's my early report on Power World. Yeah. I want to check I'm, it out. I'm going to yeah. play it a lot more and hopefully come back next week with, with even more thoughts. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking about- Xbox and PC. I didn't realize it was Xbox really? as well. Yeah. yeah January they 19th announced- it says. When he announced the the last trailer of the early access day, it's coming to Xbox Game Preview the same day, so oh, Friday. Nice. You're right. Very you're cool. Right. Yep. I read yeah. your story, so. Marcus. <laughs> Thank you, I Wes. did read the story. I just forgot. <laughs> I didn't read the story. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would like to, um, and maybe we will or already have, but it's not, I would like to do a stream of it um, on our Twitch channel, um, maybe Friday, Once maybe probably the yeah. Xbox version or something like that. Show that off. But yeah, we could start a, a Game Informer server. We can all 
we can share our pals, guys. We put, could. Put, put, your down. Pa- put your pals to work behind your back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like what happened to my favorite pal? Like, oh, he's uh, he's dying in my factory. <laughs> he, <laughs> no. he doesn't get off until five o'clock. So you're gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's out of PTO. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, relatable. Uh, Wes, you know, take us somewhere brighter, somewhere nicer, somewhere <laughs> happier. What have you been playing? I have been playing happy games because I've been trying to beat Persona 5 Royal before I go to Japan in March for vacation. But a lot that's not what we're talking about. No, it's not. We are talking about the, the bright and sunny, sometimes cloudy, sometimes rainy skies of Seattle, Washington um, after a massive cordyceps uh, viral apocalypse uh, with, with uh, <laughs> a, a, a girl named Ellie and um, some pals. It's very cheery. Oh, happy pals games. are in this game too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> called oh, last of us of part Pals, two the last of us uh, notably one of the more <laughs> joyous games released in the ps4 generation um but no we got a uh, remastered last of us part two remastered code back in december um and i had played through that game twice already um my wife had played through the part one like maybe a year and a half ago leading up actually no with the show she we would watch an episode and then i would she would play and i would tell her when to stop so she would play up to the episode and we went through it oh, that interesting. way. interesting. Yeah. That's a funky way to experience The Last of Us. I like it. Yeah, yeah. We just trying, yeah, something different. And um, and then, yeah, now we're waiting for more HBO. And she was like, I want to play part two. And I was like, well, hold on. They just announced a remastered version. Let's wait for that. Got code. And so she played it. I watched. Um, and so I got to watch someone who was unspoiled of the internet and all the controversy surrounding this game play through uh the last of us part two in full and it was uh it was fascinating and really exciting to watch her uh like try to guess and often be incorrect or fall in love with some of the the violence in the game she was like becoming a little bit of a killer and i'm like okay whoa whoa now whoa now so Um, she stabbed that guy's neck and then her friends like martin no she just laughed it was like the ellie scene uh I guess spoilers for Last of Us Part Two. Uh, we're going to talk about that game in depth, I'm sure. Uh, the scene where Ellie like um, tortures Nora, I think is her name, in the hospital. Right. Yeah. And and my wife Gabby, she's like, "No, Ellie, what are you doing? Don't do it." And then like it starts making you press square to like do it, and then she's doing it, and she's like, "Ah, I gotcha." Oh, awesome this is good i'm like no no i'm like this is bad ellie shouldn't be doing this and she's like no she shouldn't don't be but consumed i like by your vengeance <laughs> yeah um and yeah it was just really cool to watch someone who didn't have any idea of like the twists and turns or anything like that going into this game she did know that um joel dies what? Okay, okay but yeah. that was it I haven't finished the game, so I don't want end of Last of Us Part Two spoilers. Right, because oh, sure. you stopped. You stopped right. When I stopped at the Abby. switch to Abby. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and I plan to finish it. I know, right, Wes? Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's a choice. I, that's a choice. Uh, but she is a stressful game, man. I it was June of COVID. Yeah, yeah, we were. And I was like, um, I'm all right, man. God, yeah, <laughs> Last Last of Us Part Two and Resident Evil Three. Uh, I remember both like right in the cusp of COVID, like right in the middle of COVID, just being like, these are these, the timing on these, not great. <laughs> Two different approaches yeah. to tackling uh, an apocalyptic yeah. situation based on uh, viral yeah. outbreak. You know, it's like, oh, geez. I'm just like, well, I guess this is training for my new reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so the big thing with this one, right, Wes, is there's I know there's commentary tracks. Yeah, there's um, um, there's a new mode. 
Yes, there's uh, a what's that mode called? Roguelite mode called No Return, um, which okay. I have barely kind of dived into. Admittedly, it's not it's not like Valhalla, uh, God of War Ragnarok's Valhalla, where it's this big like story uh, kind of expansion. It's really just like more Last of Us Part Two gameplay, which I really like, but it is really stressful and challenging. Um, and it's in like a cool roguelite formula. I, from what I've touched, and I have not played too much. I don't know if it's like worth rebuying this entire package if that's all you're in it for, um, unless you really like roguelites. But there's a lot of other cool stuff if you're just a general Last of Us Part Two fan. I mean, obviously the story uh, looks and runs better because it's like increased fidelity and performance is better on PS5 and all that um, stuff. Uh, there is a lot of bonus features. There's like full commentary for the, the game. There are three lost levels, which are segments of the game cut uh, out of the game. And you can listen to commentary while playing through those lost levels. They take like five to 10 minutes each. And before each uh, level, uh, the director, Neil Druckmann, is kind of sitting in front of a camera talking about like what this level was supposed to do, where it falls in the game, and um, kind of touching on why it was cut in some instances. Yeah, Wes, we you you showed those sections to me in an episode of New Gameplay today, and I was I was sort of blown away that that exists. Like I I love that concept of just like you know having a playable section of a game that didn't go in the final game, and sort of an explanation of why and and all that stuff. And like watching you play them for that for that video is like they're not really polished, At you know? Yeah, they're yeah. they're kind of they're a little janky, and it's like I love that. I love that they're pulling back the curtain on that, like that. That is such a cool addition for sort of a follow-up version like this that it yeah. is, is honestly like more enticing to me than like a new mode, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> Same, yeah. And we touched on it in the NGT, which you can um, go listen to on Game Informer's YouTube channel. But it's really weirdly like Naughty Dog is probably one of the more like prestigious studios out there. Like they kind of hold themselves in a very cinematic sense and PlayStation makes a big deal out of them, which is fine. They make really great games. But strangely, like, in contrast to that, they're like one of the more open studios in terms of like giving peeks behind the scenes. I mean, they have two PlayStation produced documentaries, Grounded Part One, and then they announced Grounded Two is coming, which is a behind the scenes documentary about the second game. And yes, PlayStation probably has their hands all over it. So, you know, we're getting a very scrubbed, clean, sanitized look, but it's still a more of a look than we get from a lot of other developers. Yeah. I mean, they're they're pretty good about i mean the god of war documentary you know had some, yeah. had some you some know, dirt had some real stuff in there so i i, I oh have yeah some for sure here you know i mean the trailer uh, but, but for it, grounded yeah. too like has one of the uh the leads i forget her name but she's talking she's like i'm not as young as i used to be i can't cr- crunch like i used to anymore and i think that's pretty wild to hear in a first party produced like documentary and it gives me hope that they're maybe going to touch on that because there has been reports in the past about naughty dogs like crunch culture um with their games um but yeah so like with the documentaries and then these three lost levels and commentary on why they were cut and letting us play a not very final version of these levels i don't know i think it's really cool and i think stuff like this goes a long way to helping fans and players meet developers at like a more i don't know like uh, i feel like if a develop if a game isn't perfect, like there's a certain group, sect of players out there who just like it, they lose their mind over it. They can't believe this product is not perfect. And I feel like breaking down the barriers between what happens in development and the behind the scenes and showing us what a level looks like four months before it comes out in the final game goes a long way to like you know creating a, a better a bridge between those two parties. And 
Yeah. It's it's my favorite part of of the uh, remastered package, um, but also yeah. it is like maybe fifteen to twenty minutes of gameplay. So again, like I wouldn't buy it just for that. And you can just go watch our new gameplay today to see everything in it. Uh, nice. Yeah, plug. there is a. <laughs> I was like, I think the package is worth the ten dollar upgrade. Where if yeah. you have the original version, like that seems for me fair. Uh, but like. I, I don't know who would buy this full price again if you already have the first game. It's like you, there's no reason to not do the upgrade if you if you own that Last of Us Part Two already. Um, and then if you're buying it uh, full price, I assume it's because you haven't played it at all, you know. And this is like the best version of the game if you're going to play it. <laughs> I mean, I understand from a business perspective why they did it. I mean, we, we no, kind of yeah. said the same thing when they were when when they remade Last of Us Part One. They were like, we were all like, why are they remaking this? Yeah, and, and Naughty Dog is kind of like, guys, it's not for you. It's for the people who are watching the show who never played the game, and now we have the second one for them too. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It does seem <laughs> to be more of a Sony first party because they did Spider Man too, like, and that was like two years after it came out because they did that remaster for PS Five the year the PS Five came out, and that's when yeah. they changed Peter's face. So <laughs> it's it still not like, over. Weirdly, <laughs> maybe it's like a broader first party Sony kind of a thing, like. Yeah, Are we getting a Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart remaster in the next year or so? Is that well, the time is coming up for that? According <laughs> to the Insomniac it, leak, I think that made like a hundred bucks. So I don't think <laughs> it, it was. Not well, that's a, why you got to put it out again. If it does, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, anything else, Wes, on on Last of Us Part Two? No, I mean we. Uh, I just. I guess I'll just like plug our content on the site. We've got. Um, yeah. yeah I don't, well, yeah. it won't be like this when you're reading it. When you're listening to this, probably, but. Obviously, we've got our original Last of Us Part uh, 2 review, which we gave it a 10. Uh, Marcus has an NGT going over the roguelite uh, no-return survival mode, if you want to see what that's like. Me and Kyle recorded NGT on the lost levels. And then I actually interviewed my wife about playing the game. So I uh, we went through 20 questions of like, what did you think of this twist? What did you think of the ending? What did you think of Joel's death? What did you think of this and that? Um, and it was fun because I tried my best to like not talk to her about it until we were able to do this. So her thoughts are just like unfiltered thoughts. And she's not really clued into video game like culture as much as I am. So she doesn't she doesn't know all the controversy surrounding this game and the leaks and the way certain parts of the fan base are about it and um, this or that. So I think it's a really fascinating look at like a first time uh, impressions and from a, someone who's playing this for the first time. Um, and then the last piece I wrote about, uh, which I won't say too much because uh, it's about stuff towards the end but i have an opinion piece on how i think hbo's adaptation can fix the worst part of the last of us part two and yeah i kind of like how that turned out and I, uh yeah we got lots of good last of us part two content it's a good pitch west because i read that piece I, I kind of i mean not I, i'm not gonna pretend last of us part two is a perfect game by any means but like i really like that game a lot more than maybe sort of the average angry internet person and my going into it i was like I thought maybe you were going to call out some like big specific moments that needed to change. I'm like, no, no, those would absolutely need to change the same. And then, but when I finally read it, I was like, oh, oh, you know what? Actually, I, I kind of agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here without spoiling what it's about. It's like, yeah, that could use a little, little massaging, I think. Awesome. Well, let's get into Marcus. You've been playing a game called Another Code Re- Recollection. What was what, it called? Yeah. Did I write a question mark at the end of that? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't sure if that was stylized or if you just weren't sure if you were. I just like the Riddler. 
Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah, okay. I leave. Those are my Riddler trophies. Getting really excited, of course. Suicide Squad, of course. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. Uh, yes, another code recollection. A remake of two games. Uh, the first being uh, a game that we know in the U.S. as Trace Memory, which has uh, Kyle. We did an NGT about this uh, fun fact not long ago, but I'm curious. Have you guys ever played Trace Memory for the original Nintendo DS? Never heard nope. of it. Didn't hear okay, about it till the news story of this collection. Same same thing. When they showed that trailer at the Nintendo Direct last year where they announced this, I was like, what the, what the hell is this? Okay, that's interesting. Um, and But yeah, Trace Memory was a visual novel slash kind of like puzzle adventure game. Came out for the OG DS back in 2005 and is kind of considered like a cult favorite. Actually, uh, former editor Kim Wallace has an article from 2012 where she did a list of like the 10 best under the radar visual like graphic adventure games in trace memories on that list and so like the fun thing about that is that that came out i guess found its niche audience and then that same developer sing spelled c-i-n-g who is no longer around anymore did a sequel four years later called another code r journey something something i don't remember because i don't have it in front of me (laughs) but that sequel never came to the u.s it only released in japan and europe but it was for the wii and so another code recollection which it's called another code because in japan and europe that series has always been called another code whereas in the u.s it was called trace memory but another code recollection takes both of those games and basically remakes them from the ground up especially the first game because the first game, you know, because it was on DS, obviously it used the dual screens where on the top screen was kind of your where you watched a kind of static illustrated cutscenes and had all your information displayed where the bottom screen was where you actually moved the character. And the gameplay was presented from like a top down perspective where you would just run this little girl around named Ashley. And in the recollection, they revamped that into a more traditional third person behind of you fully explorable three environments there's full voice acting now whereas there wasn't in the original and they also um i don't know if i still don't know how they did this because this collection even though it's remaking two games you don't choose which game you want to play you just start with the first game like there's no option which it's kind of a bummer for like especially people in the u.s that play trace memory and are like well i just want to play the sequel that we never got um, you got to go through trace memory first. And I'm still wondering because I'm a f- I'm pretty deep into the first game and I'm wondering if it just seamlessly jumps into the second game and they just treat it as one release or if it's just like, a, OK, you're done now. Do you want to play the <laughs> number two now? I don't know. Um, but uh, but what I'm liking about the game is that um, it's a lot more of a like overhaul than I thought it was again, not having any context at the time for what the original was. I've been watching uh, let's plays of the original game as I've been playing another code recollection. And I've been like, Oh wow, they did a lot of work to this. Cause outside of the presentational uh, reworks, they've even out like completely replaced some puzzles and made new puzzles in their place. Like in the, well, uh, first and foremost, <laughs> I did this in ENGT two. the story premise for this game, at least the first game, is that you play this little girl named Ashley. She's like 13 and you're headed towards this island because like you and your adoptive aunt are going to this island because you find out that your father who you thought was dead your entire life is not dead and has been living on this island your entire life and has reached out 
to you and your adoptive aunt saying, hey, come see me. So now you're like, what the, why? Okay. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> why, why have you been here my whole life and I thought you were dead? And when you get there, your aunt immediately goes missing. So you're on your own. So not only are you trying to find her and find out where your dad is, but as you're making your way towards this mansion where like the bulk of the game takes place, you meet a ghost named D who's this dead child, but he's pretty much the same age as you, but like he died like almost 60 years ago in like the 1940s. And he doesn't have any memory of who he was and he needs your help to try to piece together how he died and who his family was. So it's kind of like a, you guys kind of have a kinship of like, okay, Ashley's trying to learn about her family that she thought was dead while this dead kid is trying to find, remember his family that has long since passed and trying to get to the bottom of how he died. And so you guys kind of work together to explore this big mansion filled with puzzles and keys and all that stuff. And I'm liking it so far. I, I, I like I said, I'm from what I understand, I looked this up on how long to beat. The first game is like five hours long and the sequel was like over 15. I don't know if that's roughly still the case because I don't know what if they added anything to the uh, to either of them to maybe make them a little longer or shorter. Yeah. But I, I say that for people that are bummed out that you can't pick which game you want to play, at least maybe the sequel or the first game, you'll get through it pretty quick. And then the last like 75% of that collection is the is the second game. Um, but the quality of life stuff they've done to it of like not only making it more like a third person game, but just like the having the map update with points of interest as you go into the room. So you can look at it and be like, OK, this is this room. This is the thing that I found in here. OK, I remember what. Not only what room it is, but what I did in here and what I found. Um, I think the presentation, like graphic-wise, it looks nice. The, the, they have an option to autoplay all the dialogue. So because it's like part visual novel, instead of having to press to read everything, you can just turn on autoplay and just watch everything like a movie. And I will say, as, as far as visual novels go, it's not as wordy as some of them can get, which is nice. Like, you're not reading, like, paragraphs of text until you can play the game again. It's just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, they got a few things to say and then you move on. And you're like, okay, I can. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Brevity. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think the story itself is fascinating. Like, the, I don't know if that if the initial premise of girl with dead father that isn't dead meets actual dead kid to find out what happened to his dead parents. <laughs> that sounds like a Netflix matter. show I'm watching. Yeah, sounds like a Netflix show. But Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that means. Not, I mean, I watch those shows, so, you know. I watch oh. bad, bad TV all the time and, and <laughs> intrigued by it. Uh, so I will say this is not bad TV so far. Obviously, we'll see how it's still <laughs> okay. landing. I, I am in, I am enjoying where the story has gone. There's been some twists that I didn't see coming. And I'm like, all right. I, I think I like Ashley and, and D so far as, as, I guess, heroes, if you want to call them that. But just the um, like I'm a sucker for like a good sort of point and clicky style adventure game. Like I like going around rooms and collecting clues and having a log of objects that you you find something you got hours ago and you go oh i found the thing for this and you know you can inspect all the objects resident evil style where you're rotating them and you're like oh, okay there's a thing here hmm. <laughs> uh and then combining them together and all that good stuff like i i love that stuff and this is like a pretty good one of those i think i mentioned before like they take they completely changed some puzzles from the original like in the beginning there was like a drawbridge puzzle in the original trace memory that is completely absent in this game. And they just replaced it with some other kind of barrier, which has been fascinating. Just seeing like, huh, I wonder why they made that choice. Is it was a, like a DS 
thing of like this just worked better with like a touch stylus and maybe yeah it didn't translate well or i mean the, the original game one of the charming things about it was how much it leaned on the ds-ness of it all like it did use the touch screen a lot and i think I was, we were talking about a market's like i believe right. it had a puzzle where you actually closed the ds to solve it and i'm curious oh, like that's cool if um what the the switch will do in in you know in the face of those kinds of puzzles, which in some cases it sounds like maybe they just got taken out, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up and see if I have like, oh, this is that puzzle like one that I've already passed now, right? And like, could I remember what they did in, in its stead or not, or if I haven't hit it yet? But yeah, that's one I need to look up. But it's funny you mention that because they leaned into the DS ness of the original so much that Ashley had her main device that she gets from her dad is this like electronic handheld device that you pretty much is like your interface for you take pictures with it. You have all your information of all the characters that you meet and their relationships to each other and, and a few other functions. And in the original game, it straight up looked like a DS. Like it looked like the original <laughs> launch DS. Whereas in the remake, it looks like a fake switch now. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Yep. And it was funny playing it. Cause I started playing it before I looked up footage of the old game. So I was looking at, it, I was like, there's no way this looked like this back then, right? Like, was they, were they like weirdly <laughs> prophetic back then? Um, but no, it turns out they just made it look like the current console. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I, I'm treating cool. it as sort of my like before bed game. Like, it's just a fun game to sort of cozy up to, especially here in Florida where we've been getting a ton of rain and thunder and stuff lately. I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and just go through this cool mansion with my little ghost buddy and, and solve yeah. some puzzles. And, you know, the, the story, like I said, is intriguing enough right i plan on finishing it and again i want to see how it jumps into the sequel where again i have i can't say anything about what they did to the sequel because i haven't done to it yet. i just know that it takes place a couple years after this game and i think focuses more on ashley's mom <laughs> um but other than that I, I don't even know if you still have your ghost friend or, in that or not um but yeah it seems cool it seems like again you mentioned kyle that your wife's a big fan of the original and i've yeah. heard like it's kind of like a cult favorite game on the original ds and i think this is a really cool way to modernize it because again i'm starting to see the appeal of it of like okay if this if the story on its own was enough to get people like yeah i think this is pretty cool and it's got its hooks in me now and again the puzzles have been reworked in a fun way i i'm like psyched to to see it to its conclusion and and also see that sequel that we never got so yeah yeah nice. yeah it's awesome cool. uh on switch um when is it out Friday, uh, the 19th. Okay. Okay, oh, cool. Nice. Awesome. Another code recollection. Um, Kyle, you've been playing uh, Final Fantasy 16, right? How's yeah. Yeah, we don't have to dive too deep into Final Fantasy 16. Sure, it's uh, old news, man. It's well, 2023. You beat it, right? Yeah, I Yeah, nobody cares about 2023 games anymore. Yeah, dead to us. I yeah, over the break <laughs> I went back to the games that I I dropped earlier in the year. So like I went back and finished uh Jedi Survivor which I ended up enjoying quite a bit. It's funny. We were chatting about star Wars before we started and how I've just like, am totally just ambivalent to the TV shows. Like I've just lost interest, yeah. but like the, this is like the one place I think I'm still engaged with star Wars are these Jedi games from respawn. And like, I think that game ends strongly. And then it's funny. I was like, I started, um, final fantasy 16 was the other one that I started earlier this year. Never finished. I actually ended up restarting, uh, so I started over from the beginning and and I was like, and I'm like, you know, taking that at a decent pace, making good progress. And then 2024 started and we got code for Prince of Persia and I have code <laughs> 
for two other games that I'm very two two other very big games that I'm excited to yeah. play. And uh I was like, I have to finish Final Fantasy 16 because if I don't finish this game, it's never happening. It's never gonna be finished. I'm it's gonna now move on. It's it, I just have to commit to it. And so like I sprinted through the game and I would message Wesley every morning. I'm like, here I am, how am I doing? <laughs> much do i have left in west actually like, have to, i have to ask you west because we kind of like you and i talked about this on, on our last episode of super replay uh which you can watch on our second youtube channel right now uh right. and you mentioned that you got to the end and you didn't do any side quests which i can understand but you didn't, didn't even do, do the any. the important side quests like you yeah. didn't do the, the plus signs one where they give you the permanent upgrade i was messaging and i was that wa- yesterday yeah I didn't okay. either when I played Kyle. Because yeah. I was wondering, like, did, there's no way Wes told you to do that, right? <laughs> no, I, I, uh, Jacob Geller, friend of the show, I, I think. I don't know if he's ever been on the Game Informer show. Uh, he has, he has. Okay, okay. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jacob Geller, look him up. Great guy, former intern. but Very smart. But he's so much more than a former Game Informer intern these days. He's a, uh, yeah, he's a full-on mean, YouTuber. Um, but he, internet, he internet sensation exactly yeah he he suggested to me he's like don't don't worry about the side quests like their their rewards aren't that significant and maybe i took that too much to heart because I, it was mark <laughs> like i was learning later i was like wait you could get like a chocobo and like you could get carry extra potions i had no idea better swords is, that's definitely yeah like the big miss because yeah, some of those fights at the end without extra potions, that would be tough. Wow, well, sounds like Jacob Geller isn't so smart. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the same uh, time, even though I'm sorry, I did the exact but, same thing, Kyle. So I, yeah, but, but, but here's I'm the thing: like, I beat the game and I didn't hit yeah. that many walls. <laughs> That's so. why I was shocked. I was like, you know, I, at first I was going to reprimand you of like, no, go back and do this. But then it's like, wait, if you got to the end without any of that stuff, like. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I had I fought Odin was tough, but the thing is, is like, like I only had I had three. I basically had like three little potions and three big potions, and mm-hmm. like, okay, when I ran out of those and died, it checkpoints you back to like a midpoint of the boss, and it gives you all the potions back. But I mean, you didn't so, even get any of the like sword like blacksmith upgrades because you didn't do any of his stuff. So that's like I mean, how I, high, like you would have hit a ceiling at a certain point with like how good your weapons could be. I wish there was only one weapon I wasn't able to upgrade. So I guess well, I, mean, I was just getting. You can't make any of the other ones. Like you, I guess I'm assuming like. I made some. The ones that the <laughs> game just kind of gives you, but not yeah. like the ones that you got to do uh, Thorn Blackthorn's quest for. Yeah, like, no, didn't I didn't do any of that stuff. Or any of that stuff. What he doesn't no. know can't hurt him. <laughs> exactly right it's i saw the, i saw the same ending you guys did i'm guessing <laughs> oh no it, it varies depending on all your friends they don't you know i'm just kidding oh so, yeah the sword but, um, in our cut scenes looks cooler though basically yeah i guess that's it but i mean oh yeah, you sure. played the game kyle and had more time left at the end of the day to play other games that's so. right <laughs> you did yeah. it right i did every side quest in that game and wound same. up clocking in like 70 hours and like no. The only satisfaction I got from that was like, well, at least I got to hang out with Clive some more. <laughs> but I got I, a lot of trophies, so I'm satisfied. I'm a sicko. But, out, that game but outside of that, yeah, a lot of the side quests are very tedious. I yeah. I think I hit about 40 hours and uh did and I was not heartbroken to end my time with Clive. He, he's fine. I don't have a problem with Clive, but he's just like <laughs> like a nothing to me <laughs> like I at the end of the game I, I won't spoil the end cutscene <laughs> I won't spoil the, the, the ending or anything but I was just like alright can I skip the credits or do I need to stick around for this <laughs> <laughs> or 
<laughs> Am I allowed to leave? <laughs> I will say I'm not not to be too negative on it. I I I overall I, I enjoyed it. Like I think there's a lot going for it. I it, it's it's an odd game because it really it felt like a lot more like a Devil May Cry game. Oh no, to it me, is. You yeah. know, like yeah. straight up, especially like it's skipping an, an side quests game. and stuff. Like just when, focusing on action. You know, when we did our game awards voting, like I put that in action game. Like I like by principles. Like I refuse to put this in an RPG category. People and when yeah, I saw I that it fair. still made it, I was like, I think. People only put it as a new jerk because of the name Final Fantasy. That means RPG. But it's like, no, this is not an RPG. Like, it is an action game. There's no way you can yeah. argue that this game is an RPG. <laughs> if Square just pitched it as like, uh, like a, this is this is a like they call it something completely different than, and I'm sure it would be just incomprehensible knowing Square Enix, and didn't call it Final Fantasy. I think we all would look at it and be like, oh yeah, Square Enix is tried to make like a god of war and yeah. it, it came out pretty well you know i should have called it a game of clives it's a game of clives yeah just take out the chocobos and the one moogle just like delete that and just swap it in for like a human a npc horse. it would have been good yeah, to go <laughs> but um i i will say i think that my biggest takeaway from it was really liking the big bad um was really, really i really liked the final villain i like his design and how creepy he is and sort mm. of like he he reminded me a lot of um the Ridley Scott movie Prometheus in a way like he was oh, like wow. straight from that movie basically and I was like that's cool I like that but hmm. um I would say he was probably like one of the weaker parts to me sure yeah I, I like I, I like I he was like scary but like as a character he's not like by design just, he's not like a charismatic villain no he's, he's just, like straight out of a tool music video he's like this <laughs> just like immortal just timeless being and i just liked the sort of creepy factor of him but in yeah. terms of like personality no it, it doesn't exist yeah. you know by design I, I, I think i want it from that game especially because of how game of thrones it is i was like i kind of wish the other rival houses were more bigger villains the ones that you kind of get rid oh, of sure. pretty quick like like his mom i was like oh i hate his mom she's great as a villain because you're like oh i can't wait for her to to get yeah, her come up that's a good point <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no. The the big bad is not like a character, right? That you like grow to hate. He's more just this like impossible wall that you have to overcome. And I, I think I yeah. kind of liked that about it. It's but, very um, classic yeah. Final Fantasy. Like they kind of. Yeah. I think that's what I yeah. didn't like about it. It's like, oh, everything else was so different in a good way, in my opinion. That I was like, oh, yeah. it felt like, oh, this has to be the same. Of like, you got to have the weird yeah. cosmic threat. That Even like is his just, name, like, so and, beyond. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, might as well be. From, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not usually a fan of just like an evil thing for the sake of being evil that you got to go kill. But this one worked for me. Like I, I, I liked this one in particular. But yeah, like yeah. a weird, a weird game that like i'm very curious to see what its legacy will be when people talk about final fantasy 16 my my estimate I, i'm i'm sort of drawing my line in the sand here is that as a reaction to final fantasy 16 i bet final fantasy 17 in four or five years or whatever will be turn-based i bet it will be yeah. a turn-based oh so not even just an rpg again they're gonna go all the way back i, I think, think so, it'll yeah. be like i think it'll be i think it'll have some actiony stuff you know but i think I think the big reaction to 16 is like solid action game, but we it's time to go back to the RPG of it. And I think and I think Square Enix is going to listen. Do you think they look at Baldur's Gate 2 since it came out the same year and became like this is the best RPG ever? I think they were like maybe people want turn-based again because that is a turn-based ass game. I think they're probably looking at like a dragon, which is yeah, turn-based yeah. and people I've not played sea them, of but stars, like people love Dragon those. Quest. Yeah. 
um octopath traveler like all those things i think are them gonna just kind of be like you know what it's time it's time to bring back the menus for the combat imagine if they did like it's gonna be it a lower lower budget final fantasy because i don't know game budgets are too extreme in general now and they did like a 2d hd turn-based like can uh, it would be so good just final fantasy 17 2d hd turn-based classic game uh that would be I'd love it. And then, you know, they can do uh, Stranger of Paradise 2, which we all want, uh, if, if people want, like, an action Final Fantasy. Yeah. I, yeah. Wes, you've played both 16 and Stranger of Paradise? Yes, yeah. Wh- which do you think is, like, functions better for, like, sort of executing on its goal? Like, I was I was thinking about that as someone who didn't really play a lot of Stranger of Paradise, but it's like, I think Stranger of Paradise might have might have actually been more successful. I like 16 I more, but for what it... Okay. I think Stranger of Paradise is a lot more successful at trying to be what it is. It's an action game and it knows what it is and action is first. And I think uh, my biggest critique with 16 and even in my review is like, this is like a not good RPG. Like this is a great action game. (laughs) Sure. And not a good RPG. And anytime I'm in the action of Final Fantasy 16, I'm like, hell yeah, this is awesome. I love the combat. I love the bombastic fights and the icons and everything they're doing with that. But then when your game's like, yeah, you got to go help this girl build like an airship and find some parts for her. And you're just doing like a fetch quest and it feels like old school RPG, not in a good way. It sucks. And then even like (laughs) what I want out of an RPG, which is like customization and and the role playing part of it, the game has like almost none of it. Like you upgrade your weapon because it's the next one in line. There's no real customization to it beyond your iconic abilities. Um, and I do think largely like it fails as an RPG, but it's a great action game. Great Devil May Cry style game. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think uh, to go back to your question, Kava, what this game's legacy will be, at least for me um, as a as a big Final Fantasy fan, like the thing that sticks with me about 16 is like, I think it has the best writing of the series in terms of like the dialogue of like everyone talks like a person and not like an anime yeah, character. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Where it makes it, it's just, I, and that's why like, I think Clive is the best protagonist they've ever done pretty easily. Of just like, yeah, he feels like a real person. And I just, I, I like the journey he goes on. And that's what made these side quests, I guess, tolerable. Like the non-essential ones. Because it's like the actual design of them is awful. Of like what they're asking <laughs> you to do. But the cutscenes that accompany them are like good. Because it's more yeah. of the good writing of like, oh, yeah. this character you meet is pretty interesting. I want to meet them again. Of like, oh, the guy that runs the, 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 the weird like a bearer city that's like super serious. He has a really interesting backstory that you only get to see through bad side quests. (laughs) Yeah. Or like some of the other Clive's is like, cause Clive has like a bunch of interesting allies and all of their stories get fleshed out through those bad side quests. (laughs) And so I only played it just to see more of them and hang out with them. And then they're like, okay, I guess I'll walk down this hallway or run all the other side of this desert and get that thing you wanted and then <laughs> come right back. And then we're done here, I guess. Uh, um, I'll so take I think, like, for it. Yeah, like writing and storytelling on top of like the combat is kind of where this game sticks out with me because by the end of it, I was feeling kind of like that. Oh man, I'm going to miss these guys now. Like, yeah, I, okay. I, I like going back to the hideaway and seeing everybody. yeah i think it's a good call like the overall plot and narrative and like that stuff is like maybe didn't didn't fully work for me but you're right in terms of like the dialogue it is the most natural dialogue of any japanese like rpg maybe like 
you put you like like you could I would put it up against like in terms of just cadence of people speaking like Last of Us and God of War, which I think have some of the most naturalistic conversations in all of video games that feel like these actual like set piece performances, right? Where actors are like on a stage having a conversation and like so many Japanese RPGs and Japanese games in general are just very stilted conversations with long gaps between discussions you know uh, a factor of localization yeah totally yeah absolutely yeah yeah, but on that note like 16 was the first final fantasy to be done in english English, right english first and then japanese second so i wonder i don't i don't have any way to go find this out but i'm it'd be funny if like you speak to japanese players and they're like yeah the dialogue and stuff is is all stilted and there's like weird breaks yeah i I would love to know that feedback because you're right yeah it could totally because i I find sometimes like Kingdom Hearts cutscenes sort of just impossible. Like I just get so frustrated <laughs> with them because they're so, they they take so long between speaking and it feels so strange. Yep. And like some people take cite that as a charm, and I'm like, guys, come on, like let's <laughs> like we could just do a little editing here. But uh, yeah, I, I would be very curious to hear if Japanese players felt the way I do about Kingdom Hearts cutscenes to Final Fantasy 16, right? You know. You think Kingdom Hearts in Japanese is like some of the most eloquently written dialogue ever? (laughs) I mean, what they're saying is interesting in those games, but it's just like, I'm just like, I'm just like, come on, just can we please talk? (laughs) (laughs) Please talk for the love of God. (laughs) Anyway, Final Fantasy 16. I'm glad you liked it. I stopped playing halfway through. I liked what I played and I was like, I'm good. I'm done with this. I'm going to watch the rest on YouTube and move on with my life. And life's great that way, y'all. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to let it consume you. It's you know? true. You don't have to. If you say the side quests are, are boring, just don't just do YouTube. them. That's I'm watching I'm YouTube. I'm watching all the cinematics in Baldur's Gate three because, like, why would I ever play Ooh. that? <laughs> how do you even do that? Because a like, lot of them are based on very specific no. choices. Like, how do you I'm even absolutely know what to I don't, watch? I don't, I don't, okay, I was gonna it's like say. A, it's are, a, are you trying to? Are you trying to bait me, Wes? Are you trying to bait me? Just a little, I'm just because I would say, I would say, <laughs> that's totally valid. But I mean, <laughs> Baldur's Gate is is very much not linear. So. In a lot of its storytelling, so you might have problems. Choose your own I would say if you have you're to go from at, video I, to video. I would say I <laughs> completely different cool. characters, stories completely different. <laughs> Wes is like, who is this guy? What are they talking about? No, listen, I liked all the stuff I saw, all the cutscenes I watched. I enjoyed. They're well made. I yeah. just didn't want to have to wait to get to them. But th- that is the <laughs> highlight of that game. Yeah. If we didn't, if we didn't say it enough, like the scope of the fights, the icon fights are like, that's, that's the sort of reward for yeah. progress is like mm-hmm. seeing What's... those incredible fights play out. Yeah. yeah right. At, fight a space dragon. Come yeah. On. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. I will say as, as, as a rule of thumb, if you should at least be required to play final fantasy 16 up until you have to press L three and R three to accept the truth. I did. Cause you can't, you can't get, it won't hit the same in a cutscene. You got to physically press those sticks down. I made so it you to can like accept the, the truth. Damn it. I made it to the big transition point in that game. Okay. As long as you got to that, mm. it's cool. You can drop off, but you gotta, yeah, yeah. It's, you, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but I made it, I made it like through a significant arc in that game. And I was right. like, this is very much starting me back at like level one of like resolution in terms of like conflict resolution. It's like, all right, we're back to the start of another arc and I'm just going to go YouTube it because um, <laughs> that's my favorite part of the game. Also, Kyle, I listened to you, you, you uh, jokers over at Minmax make fun of that scene in your awards show and I was offended. Oh, wait, <laughs> the beach like, scene? 
Well, I mean, the beach scene, I, that made me laugh. I think it was yeah. Sarah that was blowing a gasket over that. But the yeah, uh, the yeah, press, the L3, funny. accept the truth thing. I was like, come on. It is stupid, but it's good stupid. I like, I don't mind that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I, if I if I had known what they were talking about at the time, I would have defended it. But um, I, I, I don't mind that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, let me interact with and this moment. Score? Why not? The you know? music? Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> no, yeah, that part was awesome. Undeniably. Yeah. <laughs> Undeniably. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for um, for our main topics of the show today. I uh, do want to get to a little housekeeping. Um, if you are a print magazine subscriber, Whoa. you will hey. have this in your mailbox. Uh, if, you, if you do not have an active one and you want to get a copy of um, uh, go. The best way to do that is to go to GameStop.com slash Game Informer, buy one for seven ninety nine. Which I, um, which by the way, I'm if you're watching the video version, I'm genuinely gonna go do because this this my my local postal service. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, they messed you up, man. <laughs> like, you're so chewing on it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I might have to go hit up a local GameStop and and buy a copy. This is our Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I got mine in the mail finally. I also hadn't checked my mail in two weeks, so I think I got it much earlier. <laughs> um. But yeah, these are these are out and about now. You can go get one at GameStop for seven ninety nine. A great way to support Game Informer um, and all of our content um, and know, podcasts, all uh, videos. It's all kind of on the back of our magazine. And I am I am planning. Uh, I want to give away a few gold versions of that. So we'll keep an eye on our social media channels and stuff because I I, yeah. I do want to do that for for this issue in particular. Um, we'll we're probably going to have like we want. We want folks to like comment on a specific story. We're gonna like ask for uh, input for the magazine feedback, and uh, I think the plan is to if you if you give us some feedback there, we'll enter you to 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 ship you a cop a gold copy of the 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 seven rebirth cover. So keep an eye out for that. Heck yeah! Uh, so go do that. You can also find them in GameStop stores uh, for the same price. It's a great way to support us uh, and what we're doing here at Game Informer. Uh, be sure to go and follow us on Twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Where we stream replay on Fridays at 2 p.m. Sounds like we might also do a Power World stream this week. We're going to play that by ear, but that sounds fun to me, Marcus. Uh, head over to youtube.com slash Game Informer to see all of our new episodes of New Gameplay today. Uh, we've also got some video reviews going up uh, this week. Uh, so subscribe there if you haven't, and uh, uh, that really helps us out. Um, and then go listen to our other podcasts, our other weekly podcast, All Things Nintendo. Hosted by Brian Shea. It comes out on Fridays. Uh, that's a great episode. Wes, were you on the most recent episode? Um, the one that went out last week, yes. Last week, okay. Yes. okay. Yeah. But I think at God, I this think, time there's a new one up. Yeah, um, so that's going to be awesome. I assume Brian will be talking about his Persona preview. There's a written version of that over on the website. I imagine he'll talk about that uh, on, on his podcast. But yeah, uh, thank you uh, to Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon for editing this podcast make sure to go and uh follow their podcasts fun and games and uh, reignite which is a bioware podcast and lastly before we get to listener questions uh follow the crew here on social media and follow marcus at marcus stewart seven follow kyle at kyle m hilliard and follow wes at leblanc wes and follow me at it's van aiken uh, Marcus, thank you for reaching out to the community and getting these questions. We've got some good ones this week. 
Uh, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, you want to contribute listener questions and, and help influence what we talk about on the podcast, uh, you can do so by emailing us podcast at gameinformer.com with the subject line Game Informer Show question uh, or join our discord by subscribing to us one time on Twitch and uh, and drop a comment in the Game Informer Show channel and we will add it to our our doc uh, when we're planning the show. Um, Zachary Pliggy via discord asks. Ubisoft just made a positive splash with Prince of Persia, but is now receiving backlash when an executive came out saying that, quote, gamers will need to get comfortable, in quotes, not owning their games before video game subscriptions truly take off, in quotes. What is your take on this? Is he correct? And soon streaming services will overtake actually owning physical and digital games. Will there be a happy medium or will streaming services start declining down the line as they get overcrowded? like TV and media services have become? I mean, the short answer is he's probably right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if we're going to be real. Uh, they're, not they're like, being blunt, but they're not being wrong. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't even see this until I saw this question. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hate not owning games. I still buy a lot of physical games um, because I, 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 I hate that. I hate that I don't own the things that I pay for. It, it frustrates me to no end. Sony was recently removing like uh, movie purchases from their service. Um, like I, I fear the future when the only way to play games is exclusively through subscription models. I don't want that. And, but I do fear that that's the direction we're going. Yeah. I don't want the, in terms of the happy medium, like I don't want it to go all the way to the game pass model of like, cause like I, I buy largely digital now. Like I guess I'm part of the problem where I used to be staunchly physical and it really does come down to convenience. And then I also lie to myself a little bit and be like, well, you know, I'm helping the environment because I'm buying a plastic case. Um, but like there's still that like, okay, I bought this digitally. It's it's still more mine than if I subscribe to Game Pass or the minute I stop paying their money, I can't play that game anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I guess like that's the happy medium is just traditional digital purchases like obviously we've seen that's not bulletproof with like storefronts going down but even then usually you can still re-download stuff um and keep it on a hard drive somewhere but like i i'm fine with that like i don't want everything to be like like if we get the ps6 and xbox i don't know humpty dumpty super dude thing (laughs) um it's like hey everything's through playstation plus now ps now is how we we distribute games everyone loves playstation now don't you uh so that's it like that would be bad don't do yeah. that <laughs> i don't want yeah. that exclusively please don't yeah i i found the the quote that zachary's talking about uh this is on the gamer um dot com um and it was written by uh joshua robertson they are crediting game industry dot games industry biz for the original interview uh with uh philip uh, felipe tremblay Ubisoft's director of subscriptions said, uh, yeah, essentially, you know, people got to get comfortable with not owning their CD or DVD collections uh, and that a similar shift in attitude, quote, needs to happen in gamers. And according to this gamer article, quote, he goes on to explain that not owning a game doesn't mean you lose your progress and that you still keep the time you invested in what you built, even though you don't have a physical copy to stick on your shelf. Tremblay also says that he understands the gamer's perspective when it comes to owning games for claims that services like Ubisoft plus will allow them to access their games when you feel like, well, I mean, that's, that's flawed too, because like 
you keep your progress through a cloud, which is still determined on servers that they can turn off anytime if they want to, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. A, like a, a game cartridge can have saves from decades ago, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's not as, that's not as, I guess, airtight as he's making it out to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I've recently kind of within the last two years, I would say, um, started picking up single, single, like physical copies of games that, that I really enjoy, you know, like the game, like I've got, uh, you know, when, when I was in Japan, for instance, like I granted they're in Japanese, but like I bought copies of like super Mario strikers. I've got that physical now, um, Pokemon gold. Oh, that's cool. I've got English versions of uh, a lot of English versions of games too. Um, and yeah, I'm like, I'm not buying all of them that way, but like the ones that I'm like, I, no, you literally want to play this, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just not yeah, an option. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I wonder, Kyle, I'll ask you this because we're the only parent here. Cause I feel like this change will only happen generationally because kids grow up now, not having the same appreciation for physical media because they just don't have it the way we did. Basically. Yeah, why like, would they like, yeah. does, does even your kid care as much about like, I have to have this physically? You know? No, I mean, they care about playing the game, you know? Yeah. So like whatever gives them access to that. I will say as a parent, I get frustrated when I want, her, when she would like to play a game I already own digitally, you know, and it's like it becomes this massive headache to try to give her access to it. Where it's like, oh, if I just had right. a disc, I could just hand you the disc, <laughs> you know, right. like, like in the that's Shida a Yoshida frustrating thing. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> subscription just in general, across the board, television, everything. It's like ultimately when those things disappear, because they will, you know, there is nothing is permanent. Netflix will not exist someday. Like it will all have been a factor of exchanging money for nothing in return. Yeah. yeah. At or the end of, at the end of time. <laughs> you know, like. And in the meantime, it just gets like, like I'm games right now are, are a lot more simple compared to movies and TV, but and I'm sure you guys have done this, but like, you're like, okay, I want to watch this movie. And so you try to find it. Nope. Not on Amazon prime. Nope. Not on Netflix, not on HBO max. And then you Google and it's on like some Pluto TV thing you've never heard of. And it's like, I'm not subscribed to that. I guess I'm screwed because I don't own it physically. Like I, I hate that part of, you know, cutting the cord on cable television and just replacing it with television and movie streamers. And I definitely don't yeah. want that with games, which we are already kind of heading towards. We have PlayStation, Xbox, Ubisoft, whatever theirs is called, EA's thing. Like we'll hit a point where every publisher, Capcom, Atlas, like they're all going to have their own sign up for our thing for $5 and you get access to our games. And like, oh, that's so sounds so tedious and just makes me not want to play games. Yeah. Like I'm under, I'm under no illusion that it's not going to happen. I yeah. just hope that when it does happen, they take a lot of that tedium out of it. Like if you're going to do it, at least make it a smooth user experience. Cause like, like I said, at the end of the day, it's going to, the final nail is going to be the generations after us. Like when we, when they become the majority of society, they will make that final call because they, the kids, the people that are like kids or babies right now that have no appreciation for physical media. Cause why would they, um, they'll be the ones that they're just smoking cigarettes, you know, yeah, well, vaping, you know Alex, even, even cigarettes different. will be digital. Oh, true. I mean, I guess they kind of are, <laughs> they are yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I say like when they make that final death call about like, yeah, get rid of this old crap, but that my grandpa only cares about, then it's like, yeah, I saw this coming. At least make the sign up for your service painless yeah. <laughs> you 
I think it'll ultimately yeah. like settle into what music and movies have where there's like criterion collection for movies. Like you pay a premium, you get a really nice physical release of a movie. I collect vinyl records. Like I'm sh- those died at one point and now they're back for like a niche collector's audience. Unfortunately, I think that's probably where physical games will be one day is like, yeah, you can get a physical version of this game, but it's the $80 collector's edition that I am 8-bit is doing. Um, you're yeah. not you're not going to go to your Walmart and find uh, Final Fantasy 18 right. on the store. Shelf. And some and some third party has is manufacturing a disc drive that you have to plug into the <laughs> USB port on your PS7 oh, or whatever. Disc drives like are going to be so coveted now. Yeah, that yeah. Guitar Hero guitars have come back around and they're now worth a bunch of money, which makes me glad that I get my guitar. Um, but I I try so hard not to be like an old man yelling at clouds. But like <laughs> clouds, but yeah. like d- digital online, like uh, is a service that I just shake my fist at. That I'm like, I don't like the direction this is going. I I don't think it's consumer first. I like, it's, oh no, it. I I I buy a lot of movies on Vudu. Like that's how I watch movies primarily. Instead of like mm. just subscribing to a million different services, I'll just pay more to own the digital version of on Vudu. And even that, like, I live in fear of like that huge library that I've amassed even though I own them all individually as opposed to subscribe to services like voodoo could just be like, ah, oh, we went out of business. Sorry. Yeah. Or <laughs> what am I going to do? Like, all right, we made a bad deal with someone like, yeah, what was yeah. The PlayStation thing that we referenced before. We're like, they was it HBO. Was it Paramount? I forgot I who it was. Remember, it was like, yeah. yeah, we're pulling our stuff from PlayStation because reasons. <laughs> and then they walked it back. But even then it was just like, okay, this will be around for three more years. And like, wait, we still <laughs> yeah. have an expiration date. <laughs> wait, hold yeah, on. So, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, looking towards, looking, looking forward to the future. Yeah. Uh, J Herb on Discord. Asks. (laughs) I'm sorry. We can. Um. I forgot it. I forgot it did that. Yeah. If you watched last week's podcast, yeah. yeah, The you'll remember. That's incredible. Screen at return because he's so excited about the digital futures. (laughs) He can't even have physical fireworks anymore. We got digital fireworks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What if you do thumbs down? No, that's he cries. Yeah, it was like rain, right? Remember, you have to do your activation face. It was like Frank Miller rain. There you go. That's the activation face. Now hold it. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, it's doing something. Thumb thumb down emojis are appearing. (laughs) There it is. There's the rain. If you're just if you're just listening, by the way, Wesley was putting like all of his heart into those (laughs) thumbs downs. Like he was really putting his. He had to conjure every negative memory he's ever had. Yeah, (laughs) left it all on the field. The side quest to Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay Herb on Discord asks, do you all have a specific morning coffee or tea routine? Any coffee snobs on Snap? Any leaf suckers? I'd like to know how you guys get in the mood for writing in the morning. Is a leaf sucker a tea drinker? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what we call them? Okay. I think I'm a coffee snob. But in like an, a positive coffee snob. When, not like, every time I've traveled with you. I'm Alex, told I'm a coffee snob. We you you make a point to find like a a local coffee shop. Like yeah, you will go out of your way to find like a good, which I respect because I like coffee too. Like you're yeah. my excuse to go maybe off the beaten path sometimes. It's like if in a pinch, if sometimes you're just like, well, Starbucks is right there. Yeah, it's easier than trying to look around and then. But that's not local- that's not exciting, you know. No, you're right. I, I think it's like sometimes even the local spot doesn't mean doesn't guarantee it's good. Yeah, but at least it's like. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's like at the very least it's evident of like the coffee scene there and like what how they make coffee in that place most likely true no you're right you're right yeah um i love getting coffee i have an espresso machine at home 
um, that when I'm a Fancy. good boy, I use. But when <laughs> I'm that, a na- when I'm <laughs> when I'm a naughty boy, which is most of the time, I go to a local coffee shop and get a cup of coffee. Um, and sometimes I'll edit a video there. Um, typically, like I, I use it as an excuse to get out of the house. Most of the time, I actually don't drink coffee in the morning. It's usually like afternoon. Like I'll have a cup really? of like a, like a, a latte or something. That's um, that's what I've been kind of becoming because I don't really too. need yeah. coffee, um, but I like oh, coffee. Yeah, I guess nice. technically nobody. <laughs> needs, I guess nobody needs. I mean, there there are a few points in time, like on trips, where I'm like, I need caffeine now. Yeah. Like I've got, I need something. But in my day to day life, I will go days without getting a cup of coffee. But when I do, it has to be good. Like I, I don't, I. I like the romance of like drip coffee, like going to somebody's house and like they serve some coffee on a pot. Like I like that experience, but like in my day to day life, I don't, I, I want like a espresso of some kind. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm on coffee YouTube. Like I, I follow like James Hoffman and like try to follow recipes and like, uh, I watch like coffee machine reviews and stuff. So like maybe I am, into coffee <laughs> yeah that's i feel like once you start youtubing coffee people that's you're in that you've crossed the line at a certain yeah point. all right yeah Th- this will be the answer alex i'm going to say something and let's just gauge your reaction okay i pretty much exclusively drink duncan k cups with milk jesus yeah, okay so- <laughs> <laughs> bad. why are you doing that to yourself man <laughs> fine. i'm not a, i'm not i maybe have one cup of coffee a week on like a thursday afternoon when i, I mean gotta, it's time to cook dinner time. i need to get some energy here that's Kyle, that you know there are better there are better k-cups <laughs> if you're gonna use k-cups there are infinitely better k-cups i actually have tried a number and duncan is the one that people I've are coming liked. around on duncan lately yeah. you know Do they get better me and affleck you know we're bros i mean and, I and do- ice spice yeah, oh, she made okay. She's yeah. now Duncan. She's doing also, commercials with Affleck. I also like uh, they have like a Duncan iced coffee that you sort of put in the in the in the refrigerator oh. overnight that I quite like a lot too. But I I just like I found that um yeah I, I hit a point in my life in the last couple of years where I was getting I was getting some real bad anxiety and I and I cut out coffee and it helped significantly. So now it it has become like a, a every once in a while kind of thing for me. Yeah, I uh, I go through phases of like too much and not enough it's because i didn't grow up drinking coffee i only started drinking it when i was in college uh studying game design actually because you're like sitting in front of a computer rendering something for hours and you're like well i'm tired and i gotta watch this bar move so i guess i'll drink i'll drink some of this coffee stuff the kids are into um and i i had a very low coffee toler or like taste like i just i was like i don't care it's coffee it's all the same and uh, but i live with one of my best friends a roommate who's from the Dominican Republic and by default, he takes it very seriously. Yeah. Or like he, they have he good like coffee. A, they, I mean, he, exactly. He has every right to be snob about it. <laughs> so he would go places and be like, no, don't drink that trash. And we would go to Miami, which if you want good coffee, you go to Miami and get some good Cuban coffee. And mm-hmm. also you'll be up for the next 72 hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so like over time, my like palate got better, but now like in terms of every day, Again, it's like a combination of convenience and like, I don't want to say bouginess, but like I, I care enough to be like, I got to get something good. Like I have like a Keurig because it's just easier. I mean, it is not great for the environment, but like. Um, but you buy physical find, like, game discs, so it counters the 
Or you don't buy physical game, game discs yeah. anymore, so it counters. Yeah. Your yeah. yeah, I got to destroy the earth somehow. Um, <laughs> it's only natural. Uh, the irony, um, but um, and and I don't like like a decent brand of like Keurig. Like I have done Duncan, and it's like good in a pinch. But to me, it's it's just not for me. But it's weird. I, I'd rather do like if I'm going to get done. Are you like a like donut actual, shop guy? Uh, not as much anymore. <laughs> Like I've kind of moved on from Dunkin's donuts in in general. Like if I oh donut, sorry, I meant the Keurig flavor. The du- oh the brand the don- oh the, donut the brand shop. donut okay. shop flavor. That's why I said no. Drinks. Those are not great to me. Like I, I mean, again, in a pinch, I'll either get Starbucks, but those are expensive, so I only get those when they're on sale. Or I'll get like um, it's weird. I don't know all the brands. There's like the one that's like in the yellow box, and it's more like Latin themed. I think so I know, I know what you're talking like, about, and I also don't know the name. Oh, so it that has was the, yeah. It's got the woman's <laughs> face on it. It's Probably. Like a, <laughs> I don't know. K-Cup Yellow Box. Let's see. Let's I'm see. sure that'll return a good result. Javalia? <laughs> Cafe Bustello? Bustello? That sounds right. Ooh, I mean, I do have Cafe. I do have Cafe Bustello right now, but not as a K-Cup. I just have like gotcha. a brick that you could kill someone with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a pack of that and a pack of decaf, and I... Well, I have to drink coffee in the morning. That's just still where I'm at. But then after that, the rest of the day, I either don't or I try to limit where like if I have one more, it's half of what I drank in the morning and it can't come to like at least after five. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then I also keep decaf around for those days where I know I want more, but I know I don't actually need it. And I just want the taste of coffee. So that's what decaf is there for, for that placebo. Yeah. Yeah. So decaf, great way to wean yourself off coffee, which I don't think people use it enough for that. Mm. yeah Hmm. i was a barista and local coffee shop manager for like five and a half years so i had like a like third wave yeah like we had a roaster and everything we were we were legit and it's great um and he's bougie as hell then i I was i was he's about to school us (laughs) um i was I, i never got like super snobby with it like hipster but i mean i did enjoy uh finding good coffee what's hipster to you like a chemex Oh no, we were doing all that. I just mean like making oh. it not approachable to people. We were oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Where our <laughs> our our shop's whole thing was like trying to make it approachable because it is so. I hate walking to a coffee shop and everyone there thinks they're better than you just because they make a cool yeah. coffee. Um, yeah. But like I knew all the info they did. We just weren't snobs about it. Um, but <laughs> I have working in coffee is a really like tough gig, so it's like almost traumatizing. I just don't think humans should wake up at like four in the morning ever. It's like messed up. Um, <laughs> So I've like kind of regressed a bit into my coffee habits, which is to say I have a, a really nice coffee brewer um, and I drink Dunkin' coffee out of it often, mostly because <laughs> I'm over the days of spending like $25 on a bag of coffee because uh, things are getting expensive in the world. Um, but for anyone out there who's like, well, drinking Dunkin', I, my knowledge, my five and a half years of good coffee shop snobbery is this, like if you want to do anything to upgrade your coffee game, just get a grinder and buy whole bean. Like, don't buy prepackaged yeah, ground sure. coffee, and you'll like elevate your game so much. I think that's like those are the little things that I've picked up and carry with me. And if you don't have room for a grinder, you can get a hand grinder. Yes, yeah, as well. Yeah, and good workout. Probably. Grinders are can be a little expensive, but I do think it's worth spending money on it because good ground beans go a long way. Um, but yeah, um, I just I drink a coffee every day in the morning, but I. In 2024, I started a new thing because I saw on a TikTok, and it has to be correct, of course, that humans (laughs) should start with water. So I'm trying to drink 16 ounces of water when I wake up. Um, And it has actually 
I don't know if it's placebo or real science, but like I do genuinely feel better. Water starting, is good for starting you. my day with water. <laughs> um, basically, they were they I don't said even think that should be science. That should just be yeah. common sense. <laughs> well, the, the TikTok was like you've been sleeping for seven eight hours. You haven't you're yeah, like had, you haven't drank anything. Like drink water, and I'm like that's actually a good idea, and it's it works. It's great. And then I drink coffee, yeah. and I I I'm down to one coffee a day. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a pretty anxious person sometimes, and I'm in therapy for it. And I'm dreading the day where my therapist is like, "Hey, what if we weaned off the uh, caffeine a bit?" Um, so when Kyle, when you mentioned that with your anxiety, I was like, "Dang it!" <laughs> it's, hey, it's like, I hope my therapist man. isn't listening. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready Wes, for that. There's challenge. so many. There's so many TikToks that I just take at face value lately, and even in like we're we're no better than misinformation on Facebook. I know. I in a way, I I saw a TikTok that was like, "Stop using dryer sheets; they're poisonous." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> do any other research?" I was like, "I'm sure I'll just stop my dryer sheets." I, Wait, do you mean like the you're little speaking with you, confidence? I don't know, <laughs> like the things that make your clothes smell good, those little white things. Yeah, I heard they're poisonous, dude. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't do any follow up research, but. They're not in my house anymore. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so just to be clear, uh, it seems like the hierarchy of coffee bouginess is Wes, Wes, Alex, me, and Kyle. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. I'm happy at the bottom with my my cup of so. cup of Duncan. <laughs> Duncan K cups. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh Troidal Power via Discord asks, What thing do you lose most often? I ask this as I'm at work without headphones because I never have any idea where those dang things are. <laughs> oh boy, the, uh, definitely not those. The big, the game changer for me was the that made me like I've been I've pretty good about not buying the new Apple thing immediately anymore. Like you know, I keep my phone for many years and stuff. But when the AirPod Pros, uh, their big upgrade was like the case has a little speaker in it now, and you can use the Find My app to find yeah. your AirPods. Ooh. I was like. That's yep, yes, please, and it's been a lifesaver, you know, because I my AirPods are probably my most used electronic, uh, next to my phone, and so to be able to press a button and they make a noise where I can find them has been just uh, phenomenally helpful. So yeah, my my answer I think is is AirPods because they they fall out of my pockets very easily. What's the noise sound like? So it's just like a beep. Um, or... Yeah, I'll while while you guys are chatting, I'll, I'll I'll make a beep. I think I lose most often my switch pro controller or no, no, probably like, Oh, that's a good one. Actually. Yeah. I never know where that thing is. Um, because like, I'll give it to Kayla to play Splatoon. It's, it's in the room somewhere, but it's like, where the hell did, is this thing at? Either that or like the TV remote. Cause we have TVs in our bedrooms that like, so Kayla will come to my office and play Splatoon, but it's the same TV remote as the one in the adjacent bedroom. Mm. Like they work, it works on both. Oh, sure. And so somehow they'll get swapped somehow. Uh, and I don't know. I'm usually I'm pretty anal person. So all my personal like a cell phone wallet. I know exactly where those are uh, at all times. What about y'all? Pro controller is a good answer, though, even beyond Xbox and PlayStation controllers, because I move my switch away from the pro controller so often. I yeah. don't move my Xbox away from the Xbox. Controller yeah. Very often. Hmm. I y'all lose uh... stuff. I don't lose much. I'm a pretty anal person about like my own personal belongings. Well, um, not, I don't mean this in a uh, metaphorical or philosophical sense, but like I often surprise myself with where my time goes. Like I lose time (laughs) way in ways that blow my mind. Like 
I will be, I'll be sitting down. I'm like playing Persona and I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to play this for a few hours. And I check my watch and it's like 930 at night. And I'm like, I have nothing to account for it. Like I've, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell you what I did when I got off work and now, and I don't feel accomplished about it. And it's something I'm actively trying to tackle in 2024. Um, so yeah, uh, I just lose my sense of time because I, I guess I'm too anal to lose physical things. Cause that would upset me too. I also lose sense of time. Kayla has started telling me, uh, when it's like time to go somewhere, she started telling me the time in seconds. She's like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she's like, Alex, we have to leave in 500 seconds. And for some reason, in my brain, I'm like, oh, I gotta get ready to go. But when you tell me I have like 10 minutes or whatever till we have to leave, then I'm like, all right, I got plenty of time. Let me let me That's play funny. a match of whatever. Let me, I got, I, I can edit this video real yeah. quick. I think I'll watch the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, but when I hear it in seconds, I what is what is five minutes? Like 300 seconds. Something like that. Yeah. And she's like, we have to leave in 300 seconds. I'm like, oh my God. I have to be ready. 298. Yeah. 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 Uh, And like that is a trick that is worked. For my kid. That's amazing. That's perfect. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. My my wife, her tactics on a grown man, you can use for your kid. That's great. (laughs) I know. I know. It's it's a problem I have, and it's I am trying to overcome that problem, and so we're. You know, using different tactics, including yeah. breaking down the time into seconds. <laughs> you should try it, Wes. See if it works. I might, yeah. I wasted 800 seconds today instead of six of them, yeah. By the way, I was I was all like bragging about the AirPods and how amazing the new generation is. And it's just, it's not working right now. Right <laughs> next to me and my phone is like, I hit play sound and it's just doing the little the little loading. So it probably know, knows that you're you're there. Like yeah, yeah, it's like it's like you're looking at it. We know you're looking at <laughs> your going, AirPods. Yeah. You're fine. It's like a proximity sensor. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess for me, the only thing I can think of that I recurringly lose is my phone. It doesn't happen like often, but it happens often enough to I guess bring it up here where, um, you know, you do the thing where you walk around with it and then you set it down without realizing it and then time will pass because it's like i don't i usually have my phone like right next to me most of the time but also there's times where it's like "Eh, it's been in a room for an hour in the evenings i'll like leave it somewhere and walk around and do stuff without it see see the thing is is that when you live alone (laughs) you kind of need it around you or like it's like i guess it doesn't need to be on me like you put it in the counter because it's like loud if it rings you're gonna hear it probably most places in in the in the house but the downside about living alone and losing your phone is that you have no way to call it and there have been times <laughs> where i've lost it so bad that i've considered buying a landline just to have a way to have oh to my call God. my phone because i have no one to like help with that of like i should get like a little cheap cordless phone well it's probably like 20 bucks and then just message one of us it. on slack and be like call my phone please i lost it oh yeah you could do that i i <laughs> don't know weird. if it, <laughs> i don't know if it would be <laughs> i don't know if it would be i mean obviously a landline is they're not that expensive the hardware but like paying the monthly fee to have a phone line in the home might be expensive and, I, and the other thing that you might would i don't know if it's it might not be cheaper is getting like an apple watch because apple watch has like um has where you can you can ping your phone with your apple watch. well i have an android though oh well there's your problem that's <laughs> oh i would i would not that's lose apple. i'd be trying to lose my phone too <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm yeah, sure, I bet, we don't I lose our phone because we like our phone. <laughs> there probably is an Android compatible watch, though, that has that function. Right? Yeah, there like a fossil watch or something. 
Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever you call them. Doesn't, uh, what's that company? You made your choice when you bought that Android phone. <laughs> what's the GPS company? Don't they make a, a watch um, too for Androids? Uh, what is, oh, I know that I'm company. Sure Dang it. Tiger, Maybe fit, top of my head. Tiger watch. If I update a Fitbit, well, it, let me know that is lost. Maybe. There's probably a Fitbit. It's like, hey, you're going to need to take 15 steps to get to your phone. <laughs> what's what's that GPS company? Now it's driving me bonkers. Garmin? Oh, that sounds Garmin right. Watch. Garmin, yeah. Garmin watch. yeah, that sounds like something my grandpa has. Yeah, yeah. Marcus is the grandpa of this group, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the oldest, am I? That Wait, no, probably, I'm not. that's me. I would assume, probably. Although no, last but you, time, but last you're a very old soul. You're an old soul, though. Like I mean, pop yes, culture, I I pop culture am. wise, yeah. pop culture wise, you're very hip and like. Well, actually, no, you're not actually. Because, like, I'll talk to you on trips. About, Why am like, I being insulted? No, 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 no. I'll talk this to you on the, trips. Uh, We're on a trip, and I'll, like, I'll, I'll bring up, like, a reference, like, a TikTok. He's like, I've never seen that. I'm like, well, we're going to fix that. But, <laughs> but like, you're very good with, like, if you've seen it, you've got, like, a very encyclopedic pop culture knowledge. You're very good at pulling references. But you're also an old soul. And so you're like, <laughs> I don't, I don't. You know, you dug your hole, Alex. You can't get out of it. Now you're just, you're just <laughs> he agreed with me. He's an old soul, and the that's not, that's a it's a charming thing. It's not a bad thing. There was yeah. a yeah. moment where I I saw family in Jersey, and my uncle, who's an old an older guy, we discovered randomly that we were both really into the Beatles. And yeah, see, that's my like family. <laughs> and then we like abandoned the rest of the families so that we could sit in the car and play Beatles songs and just be like, man, oh. the Beatles are really good. <laughs> and my whole family is listening and like, look at those old guys <laughs> talking yeah. about Beatles. It's <laughs> endearing. In the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not hanging out with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, last question. Mash start button on Discord uh, says, I consider The Last of Us a masterpiece of storytelling. What's another story, video game or otherwise, that has resonated deeply with you and why? Ooh, there's a few of those. Oh, like any across or video any game media, any media. Any media. Oh, any media. Video game or otherwise. Oh, I mean, I have, I have several for just yeah. games, but yeah, any. Um... I mean, I, this is because I was sort of in the video game mindset and I was thinking about it earlier because we have a list on the site of like the our top 10 favorite Metroidvanias. Um, and I was looking back over the list and we're because we're trying to figure out how to get Prince of Persia on that list um, because I, we, I think we all agree it belongs on there. Um, is a video game one that really came out of left field for me that I've, I talk about often when I uh, am given the excuses Iconoclasts is a game oh, that yeah. really hit hard for me because it is very much about sort of uh religion in a way that video games don't often touch on and i really was like moved by it and the ending really blew my mind and so that's in terms of like video game and maybe one that's a little bit more obscure iconoclasts really struck struck a chord with me in a way i wasn't expecting you know there's the times i love that game too where prior to gi obviously like I, you were like the only person in games media that I knew that championed that game with such passion, and <laughs> I was the only day. person in like my friend group that loved that game. So I was like, there was like a weird kindred spirit I had with you, Kyle. Oh, like nice. at least someone out there appreciates how good Iconoclast is. Dude, I feel the same way, man. I've pushed so many people toward that game all these years later. It's so good. It's it's so cool. Uh, f- the director of the the two Shazam movies. 
uh, his brother made that game. <laughs> oh, right. Isn't that weird? That. <laughs> oh, interesting. A couple of storytellers up in that family. Yeah. Um, Wes, do you have one that comes to the top of your head? Not a game. Um, yeah, I'm going more like movie route, I think. Oh, I, sure. Yeah. I think movie route, I don't know if it's a masterpiece, but like it's one of my all time favorite movies because of its story. And I love its story and watch it often. Um, I really, really love La La Land specifically. I mean, I like music a lot and I play drums, so I resonate with that. I think it's a great musical too. But like the story of two people who are in love and also pursuing like a dream and like what they're willing to do to like make that happen resonated with me a lot uh, when it came out in like 2016 and I was in college. So really going through it in life and stuff. And I still watch it once a year because it's like a really good kickstart like motivator for me to just like, uh, I don't know, just the importance of having like a bigger goal like that, whether it's for something personal or something career oriented or life oriented, whatever. Like um, I do think humans like tend to thrive on like aiming high, even if it's something unachievable uh, and just having that kind of motivation. And uh, yeah, I've always ever since I've, I've, I've seen that movie countless times specifically because of the, the story. I just I really love it. Yeah, the uh, I, I hesitate to use the word twist because it's not really a twist, but there's like a sort of uh, a gut stab at the end of that movie. I don't know yeah. if you feel the same way. Oh, yeah. That yeah I, the first time I ever watched that movie was on a plane. And I just, it just, I was like, oh God, this, I'm yeah. in a weird place to be feeling some stuff right now. <laughs> like they, they recognize each, what they've each done and like there's bittersweetness yes. yeah. there. Oh uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's I cry like a baby at that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the last two, two movies I think are a masterpiece and I watch, I've rewatched many times. I think Crazy Rich Asians is a masterpiece. A great movie. I like that movie. Yeah, that's a weirdly popular one in my house. Like my daughter likes that movie too. I love that. So I've movie. watched it a number of times. Yeah. I think I think recently Past Lives was also yeah. very, very good. Um probably like I don't know. Weirdly I'm like less sacred about saying something's a masterpiece when it's about movies than Same. I am a game. I'm with that all media that's not games. Like I, I think it's I'm, yeah, just because it's not my job. You exactly. Know? I'm like I don't need to put this much thought into it. If I loved it, I'm gonna just call it a ten. And I think on. the iron, the iron claw. I just saw oh, this God. weekend. Oh yeah, we need to talk about that, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I after the movie ended, I was sitting in my chair. I was like, this is one of the best movies I've seen. Um, and maybe that's like a very emotional, whatever. Like it's not a very. I'm not really looking at it too critically. I just saw it. I, I haven't seen it many times. Just seen it once, um, but like I was sat there and was like, that was a masterpiece. Yeah. Oh my god, I would love to pick your brain about that movie. I saw it over the holiday break. Yeah. Like I saw it opening weekend because of course I would. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, movie, they made that whew. movie for Marcus. They're like, I think it says in the beginning for Marcus, right? They did. I was surprised. <laughs> I stood up yeah. clapping. <laughs> yeah, that one I think was a masterpiece. But then I then I look on Letterboxd and I'm seeing my friends on Letterboxd give it like a three out of five, and I'm like, oh, am I dumb? You know, no, um, you just immediately. No, they are. When you, do that, uh, they so like are. you immediately question, like, oh, I guess I shouldn't have liked this. Yeah, yeah. But don't yeah, do that. Which you never just, want to do that. Yeah, don't do that. Know. Even for, yeah, for video games too. Don't, if, if we don't, if our reviews, of our reviews are different from your opinion, that's Who good. Cares? That's fine. Yeah, Please I mean, don't, don't yeah, yeah. take that into account. Yeah. I'm just a guy. <laughs> Actually, Fortnite. Go and comment on them for sure. Even if you're angry or happy, oh, yeah. like leave comments. A refresh quote, the page a thousand quote, tweet times. Tweet that please. review. Tell me how dumb. Like yeah, give it, give it to me all. Please just keep clicking. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. I want to because we're talking about masterpiece movies. I do want to throw in one that genuinely, if I think about it in detail, it it makes me tear up. Like there's a specific scene in it that's not a sad scene. It's actually a very joyful scene. But even when I just think about the moment and like the first couple of times I watched it, it makes me tear up. It's this animation. It's this anime. It's called Wolf Children. Oh, um, I've heard of it. And that. it's just it's this movie about this. I mean, it's a fantasy movie. It's this woman who has uh two kids who are werewolves essentially they can switch between human and wolves and the father passes away so it's like this story of a single mom raising these children who can transform into wolves and how hard it is to do that and like it's this you know surprise it's a metaphor about how difficult it is to raise a child and i'm a father but like it it just thinking about that movie my eyes are you guys i don't know if you can see i can it. see They're yeah moistening <laughs> like that that movie i love that movie it's my favorite anime favorite movie maybe of like the last 10 or so years i adore that movie yeah kyle is jawing for audio listeners yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. i added that to my watch list just now it's very good i had um i guess for movies I, i've learned as i've gotten older like i i'm probably like you like i cry a lot more of things now um and i think what always gets me specifically is really good representations of childhood oh sure. like from yeah. someone that like understands how special being a kid is because when i was a kid i was somehow like had the foresight was mature enough to like appreciate it like i knew it wasn't gonna last forever and i don't know if that's something my mom or my family instilled in me or not but i would get annoyed at other kids that wanted to grow up too fast you know what i mean like they go out of their way to be like oh i'm an adult but like it's gonna happen so i like being a kid is like magical <laughs> like i relished it and yeah, so like to, yeah. like Toy Story usually gets me because of that. Specifically the mm. end of Toy Story 3 absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah, ends yeah. me yeah. every time. I've seen it so many times and like when the um, the end where he's like giving the toys away and like the way that and I think that movie hits me too because I was like roughly the same age as Andy when the first one came out and then roughly the same age when the third one came out. So it's like it grew up together and we yeah, went through the yeah. same phases of life at roughly around the same time. So like that part of like him kind of transitioning into adulthood, but still like holding on to that, like shred of his kid self specifically the scene where like, like the part, like that part tears me up. But then the part that I'll, that is like the final gut punch is the Woody part. When like the, the little girl reaches for her and he pulls away like instinctively. And you can see that flash of like young Andy still there for a second. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is amazing <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> and it's like it's i brutal. feel like him it's like i don't want to let go either but you have to this is important So like that and then also uh inside out there's two scenes in that movie that also get me every time uh i won't go into detail about one of them but i'll just say the bing bong scene always gets me yeah mm. oh such a good scene and i feel like a lesser movie would have gone the other way with that where it's like oh yeah you know everything's fine but it's like no it's 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 not. That's just a natural part of growing up. And like the way they showcase that is so well done. And but like also like you feel that sadness, but it's like a necessary sadness. Yeah. And then the the end towards the end when she basically like comes clean to her family and just like breaks down in front of them. Yeah. Oh. And just says like everything that's been bothering her like that part. Just oh, my God. I get you. I think Inside Out is like probably top tier Pixar. I have oh, no yeah. idea what they yeah. do with the sequel. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, my, that was a, a favorite of my kids for a long time. And kids watch movies over and over and over again. And every time she would watch that end scene of them all hugging, 
Mm-hmm. I'm like tearing up right now. <laughs> it's it just it's, kills me. It yeah. just kills me. I mean, as you know, and like I remember going to see that movie in theater, and my wife and I were just like, I think it even hit a little harder here because it's about a girl leaving Minnesota. You know, oh, oh, right. and we were so we were right. like, I think yeah. the tears were coming a little stronger in our theater <laughs> seeing <laughs> that movie for the first time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, oh man, I no, I I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story. But Tim Turry, a former game and former editor, is now at Sony these days. Um, right. Grew up in Minnesota, left uh, to go work for Sony in California, and he made, I guess you could call it the mistake of watching that movie for the first time, like two days before he left Minnesota to go move to California. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Because that's what that movie's about, is a kid like leaving their home state to go live in California. There's like 10 Pixar movies that just really mess you up if you're oh you know what not preparing for like up i'm not i haven't watched my grandma passed away in august and i know for a fact like coco is not not being watched for years like i can't imagine or maybe even up to honestly coco's like a sneaky one yes because coco i was fine for the whole movie but then it's that end part yeah brutal and then it's like Uh, oh and then you understand what the movie really is about yeah and then it's like okay there it is they did it i was like is this the pixar movie i'm gonna like walk away unscathed from it's like oh nope there it is okay not watching that guys pixar master filmmakers (laughs) i was also gonna bring up i think maybe most recently uh soul got me really good oh yeah yeah. oh yeah i I haven't seen that yet that's great that's an interesting one for kids because i was like i feel like because the premise of that movie is basically a guy that is chasing a dream that he's had his whole life. And then like what that does to someone when you have this dream that you're so focused on, what does that do for the rest of your life? Do you look at things lesser because it's not the thing that you're chasing? And then once you get it, does it feel as good as you thought it would, you know? And I was like, I don't know if kids can understand that because you just aren't alive long enough to know what that feels like to chase something for so long and then maybe get it or don't get it. But like, I remember watching that movie because it came out like Christmas Day in like 2020 with my like ex at the time. (laughs) And it was a double feature because Wonder Woman 1984 came out the day and we watched Wonder Woman first and then that was a disaster. (laughs) And Soul Soul saved the day, thankfully. And by the end of that movie, because we had similar things, we're like, because I was on, that movie hit because like, I was only at Game Informer for like, a few months at that point. And like that had been something I had worked so hard to get to. And like, that was my singular aim. And like, like I f- related so much to uh, Jamie Foxx's character in that movie of like, okay, you like you did it. And now what? And not that there wasn't a now what, cause it was like, I was happy, but like kind of seeing how like focused he was at it at the detriment of other stuff. Like I was definitely guilty of that in like my freelance years of like, this is like uh, yeah. nothing else matters yeah. but this basically. Sure. And like I, and then I, to the point where I even told myself, like I will never be truly happy until I do it because I'm always going to question, could I have done it? Yeah. You know which I mean? is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And like that movie digs into that in such a really well done way. And there's like the one scene and they, uh, you guys have seen it, right? No, Alex, you haven't seen it, but have you guys fine. seen it? Talk about it. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Do you remember the scene where he finally gets the thing he wants to do? Like he plays for that band that he was excited about, and then he leaves and he talks to the the lady that's like in charge of the band, and he's just like, "I feel like I feel I should feel more." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I, I I don't know what it is. And she tells that story about like the fish, like kind of like as I'm, I'm trying to remember, but it was like I'm I feel like I'm gonna butcher her story, but it's like the perfect analogy of like the the fish talking about how he wants the the, the ocean or something like that and you know i'm just gonna google because i don't want to screw this up <laughs> this makes me want to do a double just... feature of soul and la la land because those are both like movies yeah, about that's the true. cost of like chasing your dream 
and like, okay here it is, it is. <laughs> I, was like, I, I don't want to re- okay so basically i heard it says it's called the fish and the ocean story and it goes i heard this story about a fish he swims up to an older fish and says i'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean the ocean the older fish says that's what you're in right now and then the young fish says this this is water what i want is the ocean <laughs> yeah and it's, it's like Basically saying, like, you have what you want now. You just have to, like, look at it differently. Like, you were always always happy. Everything that you had to be happy was here. But you kind of tricked your brain into thinking that it should be more than what it is, basically. Yeah. And, like, the delivery of that in the movie, and you just see it hit him of, like, oh. And I I remember me and my ex at the time, we just, like, started crying right at that point. It hit us both at the same time. Like, holy crap, that's what this movie's about. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Good Game movie. Pixar. Check it out, Alex. Wolf Children yeah. and Soul, back to back. Wolf Children, I will 100% watch. Yeah, I'll yeah, have to let me know feature. what you think of it. Yeah. You're going to message yeah, me like, a couple days and be like, that sucked. No, <laughs> I've heard really good things. It's <laughs> been, I've heard many good things about you that. You cried movie. at this? Okay. <laughs> yeah. This, made, this messed What a baby, up? man. <laughs> Why don't you go lose your headphones again? Sometimes yeah. kids are wolves. You just deal with it. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for the show this week. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and for sending in questions. We appreciate it. Go review the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That helps us out. Um, share the show with a friend. Don't forget to go and follow these folks um, and talk to us throughout the week on social media if you'd like. Uh, and that I think that's it. We've already done everything else. Uh, we've already done the rundown earlier. So we will see you next Thursday. Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.